This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I have a question. Okay. If I left a bag of makeup in the back of my car, which I did, um, <laughs> including in like 105 degree temperatures, is it any good or do I need to just get rid of it all? Yeah. Uh, trash. I vote trash. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, which is right outside of LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how an offhanded comment from the DP of our first pilot, Women's Murder Club, still resonates with us today. In Take a Hike, we'll talk about the new small daily joy that's keeping us happy. Then I'll amplify a riveting new podcast. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack is something everyone should do, whether you live in Hollywood or not. Yes. And Sarah, we have an update. So we talked about how our new team motto for 2022 is what would Dolly do 2022? Yes. <laughs> you came up with that. And we are not alone. I love this. There are other people out there, as we've discovered from our Facebook group, who also live by the What Would Dolly Do motto. We got a Facebook post from Sherry. First of all, she said she named her Kitten Dolly, which I love. And yes. she has all of these Dolly-themed items in her home office, and she sent us pictures of them. So now I feel like we have like squad goals for getting some of yes. these amazing things in our home offices. <laughs> yes, you are moving to a new house and you're going to have an office and you definitely need to have a great framed dolly photo for that house. Yes, and Sherry also has just a framed picture of the words, what would Dolly do in these fabulous pink bubble letters? So yes. I think that might also need to be on my wall. I love it. <laughs> and then, Liz, of course, I spend a lot of time looking at you in your home office on various Zoom screens. And you do have a framed Ricardo Montalban picture for Fantasy <laughs> yes. Island, which is perfect. But you may need to yes. get some Dolly stuff as well. <laughs> I absolutely need to get some Dolly stuff for my office. So we have an agenda now moving forward, a fun yes. agenda. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week, it's a comment from famed cinematographer Dante Spinotti, and um, we should explain who Dante is. He is one of the most renowned 
cinematographers out there. He's been nominated for many Academy Awards. He's done movies like The Last of the Mohicans, Wonder Boys, Nell. Heat, The Insider, L.A. Confidential. He's truly an absolutely brilliant and extraordinary cinematographer. And it just so happens that he was also the cinematographer of our first pilot, (laughs) Women's Murder Club. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know what he was thinking, to be honest. (laughs) How that came to happen is uh, Women's Murder Club, which was based on a series of books by James Patterson that are still extremely popular, was supposed to be directed by Brett Ratner, who's, as I'm sure everybody knows, a big movie director or was. And Brett dropped out of shooting our pilot eight days before we were scheduled to start filming, which is just the biggest deal in the world uh, for us. But (laughs) as a favor, Dante had agreed to be the DP of the pilot for Brett. And once Brett fell out, Dante didn't feel it was right not to do the project, even though Brett wasn't doing it. So that's how we ended up with an Academy Award nominated cinematographer. (laughs) Now, again, it's not that all of our DPs in television aren't also great. It's just that Dante is used to working on $100 million movies with huge scope and that take months to shoot and with all the money and time in the world. And he had never... I believe he had done one other pilot, which was for Brett. Yeah, he did the Prison Break pilot. Yes, uh, which was a great pilot. But Dante was just flabbergasted by what he was expected (laughs) to accomplish in one day of shooting television. Yes. And he said one day on the set, and he's so charming. He's just like the most charming person. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Yes. And he said, and I... I'm not going to try to do his wonderful Italian accent because I would just sound like a fool. But he said, every day they say we're not doing enough, but every day we're performing miracles. (laughs) Yes. We should explain what the DP does is sets up all the lighting for the show. So the, there's a lot of pressure to move fast because of course you can't shoot until the scene is lit and lighting is actually what takes the most time when you're shooting more than filming. It's the lighting. Yes. And we should also say that Scott Winant stepped in again with eight days of prep to shoot this pilot and did a beautiful job and was working with Dante, but it really was the most just crazy experience to be there shooting a pilot with a director that dropped out and this brilliant cinematographer who was just like, guys, we're accomplishing miracles and no one is appreciating it. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, I think Sarah, you and I were laughing about this because we kind of feel that way this season on Fantasy Island. Like, Our schedule, as I'm sure everyone is sick of hearing us talk about, is absolutely not doable in terms of our writing schedule. And we are moving through material like pitching, writing, outlining, breaking at what we feel is truly a miraculous pace. Yes. (laughs) Because it is. Because it is. And yet everyone outside of our bubble seems to think, you know, that where is this outline? When are we getting this draft? Do we have that rewrite? You know, what's happening with this episode? And we just 
say to ourselves every day, they say we're not doing enough, but every day we're performing <laughs> miracles. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny because I think there are very few things that over the course of a 20 plus year career really stick out and have come up over and over and over again. But Dante saying that was one of those things. I mean, we've never forgotten it. Every at least year we'll talk about it. And we felt that way in the past on other projects. And we certainly felt that way on Fantasy Island season one. <laughs> but, true. but like this year, it feels more true than ever. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even think there's like an action item attached to this. Sadly, no. <laughs> it's just recognizing that it is a phenomenon that people feel and yeah. just know, uh, you know, we're all out there doing our best, performing our miracles, and yet they clamor for more. Yes. And if Dante Spinotti can feel this way yes. and keep going and do an yes. amazing job, so can exactly. we. And so can yes. you. <laughs> um, I am curious to know if others have had this feeling or are feeling this now, because I'm sure this isn't just a Hollywood phenomenon. I'm sure this happens all in all industries or perhaps in one's home. So tell us if you're accomplishing something that's nothing short of a miracle and yet it is not enough. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, we talk about our new small daily joy, but first this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, we're talking about mental health, although it's probably spiritual for some. There is a phenomenon sweeping the nation. Our listeners are probably all aware of it. Wordle. Oh, yes. my God. I mean, we are all about Wordle. Yes. Yeah, so for anyone out there who doesn't know what Wordle is, and if you don't, you're in for a treat, because I'm sure the minute you're done <laughs> listening to this, you will go play it. Wordle is a once-a-day puzzle game. And what you do is you have six chances to guess a five-letter word. So your first guess is just any random five-letter word. And then it reveals to you if any of the letters are the right letters in the right place, or if they're the right letter in the wrong place, or if they're just the wrong letter. And then, you know, you make your next guess based on that and so on. And if you don't get it in six tries, that's it. You lost and it is a game that was created, which I think is so sweet, by software engineer Josh Wardle, W-A-R-D-L-E, <laughs> and the game is Wordle, created for his partner who loves guessing games. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, this this gesture for his partner has swept the nation. Yes, if not the world. If probably the world. And it's bringing joy to so many people, which is really what our Take a Hike is. It's yes. find one small daily joy. Because what we've found is like, I look forward to it every day. And it's, you know, five minutes. It's not like a big, huge thing, but it actually brings me tangible joy every single day. And it's so nice. I look forward to it. Yes. And the fact that it's only once a day is really part of the yes. pleasure. Because the fact that you 
it can't get you into zombie mode because you can only do it once and then you're done until the next day. Now, I will say I will make a guess and then I might step away for two hours if I can't figure it out. Um, because I'm so determined, you know, not to just fail. So sometimes it doesn't yes. take me five minutes. It takes me 16 hours of sort of going back and forth. But again, <laughs> that is enjoyable as well. And yes. it brings people together. I mean, everyone's talking about their score, what they guessed. I've been watching, I've been like sitting over Adam's shoulder while he's playing, watching him. People have different styles of playing. Like all yes. the first few just quickly guess, but like Adam will sit there and stare at it for 45 minutes and then like get it, you know, on the third try. Well, and that's what's so cool is everyone has different strategies. Like I, yes. I was laying in bed last night thinking of like, what's a good first word that has multiple vowels and this and that. So today I did house, which I was like three vowels. S is very common. Like you're yes. just constantly mulling how to approach your way yes. into the next wordle. Yes. And Sarah, I started playing this. I should mention, I've got to give credit to our writer, um, our Fantasy Island writer, and of course, very uh, beloved, famed Hollywood writer, Jane Espenson, because I saw her posting her score every day. And I've said to myself, well, if Jane is doing this, it must be worthwhile because, you know, Jane yes. has the greatest brain. And of course, the second I tried it, I was like, well, I'm playing this every day the rest of my life. Exactly. Of course, it's very controversial. That's the other thing, this posting of yes. scores. Some people are dying to see them. Some people want to like mute everyone who posts them. I like to see them. Oh, I love seeing the scores. I haven't posted mine, <laughs> but I do love seeing other people's. Also should mention, this is actually a website you go to every day. It's free, so you yeah. don't need an app for it. We will link to the website in our show notes at happierinhollywood.com. Yes. And if you're not a word game person, this is our encouragement yes. to just think of one thing, small thing that you can do every day that brings you joy, yes. whatever that may be. Yes. If it's getting a, you know, one of those little foot massager things like I have that yes. I love and doing a five minute foot massage, whatever, just something that brings you joy every day. Cause it really does. I don't know, especially now when yes. things are just so not good. It's really, uplifting. it's made us it's nice. more chipper. It has. Chipper. I love that <laughs> word. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our Amplify segment in which we shine a spotlight on the work of women and people of color. And today I want to amplify a podcast hosted by Abby Ellen. So Abby wrote a great book called Duped, and Gretchen and I interviewed her on Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And it was the book tells the story of her relationship with a guy who turned out to be a con man. And she has now turned this material into the second season of the podcast Imposters. So it's season two, and it's called Imposters the Commander. Um, and I'll read the description. It says, what if Mr. Right turns out to be Mr. So Wrong? On season two of Imposters, Abby Ellen tells the story of one con man who entangled his lovers, friends, family, and co-workers in an identity fraud scheme that stretched all the way to the Pentagon. And it is on Spotify, I should mention. 
So, Liz, this is so intriguing to me. Why is it called The Commander? Yeah, Sarah, because her fiancé was supposedly this incredibly high-ranking doctor in the military. And what's even sort of more baffling about the whole thing is he actually was a doctor and he was in the military. And, like, he did have a job at the Pentagon. And yet... Almost everything he said was a lie. So it's just fascinating how we believe what we want to believe. Also, in the podcast, you hear from like another woman who was also dating him at the same time. Of course, neither knew about the other. And you hear from an FBI agent who contacted Abby to say, hey, does this name mean anything to you? Two years after she'd broken up with him. Oh, my God. And finding out that, oh, my God, he was nothing that I thought he was. So it's just really fun. And Sarah, I'll tell you one quick little story from it that I find just fascinating and I keep thinking about, which is, so she was dating this guy. As far as she knew, everything was on the up and up. However, you know, there were little red flags here and there, but she was able to ignore them because also she'd met his family, his kids. So, you know, she sort of kept telling herself that she was just, you know, in the wrong and her thinking these were red flags. And then she and the commander went to dinner with her parents. (laughs) And she said throughout the dinner, he kept saying how great the food was and how these Brussels sprouts were the best Brussels sprouts he'd ever had. And weren't they great? And this was such a great place. And she didn't think anything of that until afterwards when they left, she was like, it's so great that you love the food so much. And he said, oh, I hated it. It was disgusting. Those are the worst Brussels sprouts I ever had. And she realized, oh my God, he's a liar. Like he's just a liar and he's a good liar. He's so convincing. And if he will lie about Brussels sprouts, what else is he lying about? And she knew in that moment, basically, that she was going to have to break up with him. Wow. So he gave himself away over the Brussels sprouts. It's interesting because I will not say who ever in a million years, but we worked with someone who did something very similar to that. And it was a similar thing. We were, it was obviously a work relationship, not a romantic relationship, but where it was like, we feel like the, there's just something is off here. And then we saw the person just totally lie to someone in yes. front of us about something small. And we were like, oh yes. my God, oh. like we can't trust anything. Yes. Yes. It was oh. a chilling moment. It is chilling. It's chilling when that happens. Uh, People do like give themselves away. Liars gotta lie. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) I do think this would make a great TV show, Sarah, because it is just fascinating. Mm, Okay, well. Um, Also, Sarah, I want to mention, if anybody wants to hear the interview Gretchen and I did with Abby, it is episode 205 of Happier with Gretchen Rubin, and we will link to it in the show notes. Coming up, this week's Hollywood hack is bloody important, but first this break. (laughs) Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. And this comes from a post on our Facebook group, and it is Know Your Blood Type. It seems so simple, but many people don't know their blood type. 
I don't know mine. I have no idea. I did get it tested once, but I have no idea what the result is or where I would find it. So I clearly need to do this because when you say it, it seems quite obvious that we should all know our blood type. (laughs) Yes. And the post came from, I think, a European member of our Facebook group. And she was just like, how? I've recently learned that Americans don't all know their blood type and I don't understand it. And there were tons of comments, um, like uh, more than almost any other post of people being like, wait, why do I need to know that? What is it? How do I find out? So one, you can find out by giving blood at the Red Cross. If you give blood, they will type your blood and they'll tell you what it is. I know mine. What is yours, Sarah? I'm so curious. (laughs) Mine is O positive. Uh O negative is the one that can donate to everyone, but O positive, I think, can donate to multiple people. You want to know mine? Yes, we do, Chuck. What's yours? I don't know, but my mom always told me be positive. (laughs) 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 Well, Chuck, you can find out they have tests on Amazon. You'd want to make sure that you're getting legit tests. But they have tests on Amazon where you can find out your blood type. And apparently it's really important to know this information. Yes, and I don't know Jack's blood type. So I should also know Jack's blood type and Adam's blood type. I have to confess, I don't know Violet's blood type either, which I'm a little like, oh my God, I'm so proud of knowing mine, but I don't know her. (laughs) So we have a task in front of us, Sarah. We need to find out the blood type (laughs) of anyone in our life where that could ever be relevant. Yes. And uh, we will link to a test if you want to find out your blood type. Indeed. Okay, that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole 30s Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Liz talking about um, Dante's phrase reminded <laughs> reminded me of, of something you said at the same time, which was, you know, that people wanted things fast, fast, fast. And you were like, do they want fast shit or slow gold? <laughs> I know. I love that I was attributing gold to our Women's Murder Club uh, writing. Um, and then... Sarah, the best thing about that, though, is remember Tony, our assistant at the time, got me, he surprised me with that license plate (laughs) frame that said uh, slow gold. Um, Yeah, it said Kansas City slow gold. Yes, it was the best thing. And I will tell Uh, you, quite often, I think about that and regret getting rid of the car that had that. Um, I should have taken it. You know, you can take those things off. I wish I had done so. I should have taken it. Someone now.
<laughs> Someone now has that car and they're like, what is Kansas City slow gold? I know. <laughs> I thought a lot of myself. <laughs> From the Onward Project.